0: Uh, you all should get a reward today for just uh, getting out in the snow and being here. Especially you. Um, you know, it's always a delight for Barb and uh, me to be here. And so I uh, thank you for the privilege. Thank you to James for letting us fill in for him. Wherever he is, nobody seems to know. Does anybody know where he is? I'm serious. Does anybody know what he's? He's He's what? Okay, so he's in Seattle. That's a good place to be when it's snowing here. <laughs> okay, uh, I got to apologize. This is the first time I've ever done this many slides for a message. So I don't know how this is going to work out because I'm liable to get mixed up or DJ's liable to get mixed up and we're made to have wrong slides up here. It doesn't make any difference. So just sit back and enjoy this. Okay, Uh, I told James this is what I wanted to talk about, so uh, we're going to talk about uh, the Happy New Year. How many of you have wished someone Happy New Year this year already? Put your hands up. Everybody has said Happy New Year. Isn't this amazing? Somehow when the New Year turns, we feel kind of excited, kind of exuberant, kind of encouraged. Well, I wanted to add something to this whole idea of new. And that is the fact that every time something new happens, it comes along with change. New and change, they kind of hang out together. Now, you all know this, okay? But we don't necessarily like the change part that comes with new. As a matter of fact, uh, there seem to be several reactions to change. Some people say, I love change and I can embrace it. Some people say, I tolerate change, but I really don't like it. And some people say, I want no change whatsoever in my life. How many of you don't like change? Okay. Now, i got to tell you the truth. Uh, My wife and I have been married for 61 years, and uh, we don't mind change. So I feel qualified to share these thoughts with you. And I did a little research on us. So we have lived in 13 houses in our 61 years of marriage so far. OK, now some of you may be able to beat my record, but uh, 13 houses. And that's been in six, di- five different states in the United States and two foreign countries. Uh, and so, you know, we don't mind change. And I counted this one up too. we we have owned at least 25 automobiles. Now, these are all my problem, not my wife's problem, but uh, I I don't mind change. We are not people who really mind change, but not everybody likes change. People get very upset with this whole idea of change. We don't all (laughs) like it. But whether we like it or not, when new shows up, change comes with it. It starts in the culture around us and it grows on us. Some things are silly, like a car that drives itself. That's new and it's going to force some change in the years to come. We have TV that's going to be virtual reality. You can go to basketball games now in virtual reality. I mean, this is new and it's going to change the way we live. We're going to have drones that uh, deliver what you want to your doorstep, whether you like it or not. (laughs) It's almost like we're in a sailboat and the change of new and wind blow the sailboat. The new comes and the change comes and we get first rocked a little bit in the boat and then we move in the direction that. The change and new wants us to move. Now, of most interest to me is the change that comes to the church. See, there is change knocking at the door of every church. It's been here for a while, and I thought we'd have a little history lesson today. Now, for some of you who are under 30, this will be educational. For some of you who are over 50, this will be the opportunity to reminisce. Okay, so are you ready for this? I want you to see this. Okay, I'll let you see it through my eyes first. And we'll start with this. This is a picture of me, age 13 years old, 1950 or 1951, not sure. And I am dressed with my mother to go to church on a Sunday morning. This is not Easter. (laughs) This is the way it was every Sunday. Coat and tie. Now, it's not just coat and tie, but when I got to church, every single lady in the church had on a hat. I don't see any hats on anybody here today. Unless it was a hat to keep you warm. Penny, Patty has a, has a hat on. That's just to keep her warm. She has a... Finally, we have one. Okay. Well, just in case you didn't know, men wore hats, too. Now, not man who is smoking a pipe. He was not allowed. That was not permitted. But you did wear hats. Men wore hats. As a new salesman, I had to go out. I was told by my boss, you have to go buy a hat to sell things. Come to church. Men wore hats. And then most churches looked exactly the same. And if you had gone to churches years ago, you have a layout of the room that looks pretty similar to this. OK, first of all, we had pews that oh, we don't have them anymore. Uh, Then we had things like, remember the board that used to be up on the front that had the hymns that were going to be sung? Yeah, we don't have that one anymore. And then we had the pastor's chair. Whatever happened to the pastor's chair where the pastor sat up on the platform in the pastor's chair? We don't have a pastor's chair anymore. This is all the new and change that has come. It's history. And don't forget these choir ropes. Every church had a choir and every choir had choir ropes. They were a necessity. And then don't forget this. The pastor always stood behind the pulpit. We don't have a pulpit anymore. It's out there there somewhere. (laughs) Isn't this amazing? This is the new that has caused change. Now, look, it wasn't just to the church service on Sunday. Back in the past, we did things like this every Sunday. We had dinner together. Whole family had dinner together every Sunday. No TV. Well, there was no TV back then. (laughs) No football games. No computer games. Everybody sat at the table and ate together. Now, when I grew up, I grew up in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and we had something called Blue Laws. On Sunday, you couldn't buy anything. There were no stores that were open. Not even a Walgreens was open. You couldn't buy anything. If you wanted it, you couldn't buy it. That was the rule. And for me personally, the worst thing that happened on Sunday is that I was not allowed to roller skate. (laughs) I roller skated on roller skates just like this out in the street where I grew up but not on Sunday. No roller skating on Sunday. And my mother made sure that no comic books were also never read on Sunday. She tolerated them only a little bit during the week, but never, never on Sunday. Some of you can identify with these, right? Okay. well, things began to change. So we're going to fast forward now to the 70s. And here's our little family moving to Albuquerque, New Mexico in the 70s. And that house where we lived was on the campus of the University of New Mexico. And we lived there. Here's the church that I pastored, Grace Church. Grace Church was across the other side of the campus of the University of New Mexico. And it was located on Route 66. It was quite a thing. And when we got there and in the few years that followed, a lot of new things started happening. Uh, music changed and we had to decide if we were going to change or not. Uh, dress got to be different. I, I told Orful I, I tried to put a tie on this morning but I, I just couldn't. <laughs> we went From uh, no pictures to overheads and then now to sophisticated kind of ways to put it up there. No more hymn books. We still have some of those here. Uh, Instruments were all new and all different. And there was a different group of people that were there back in the 70s, at least in New Mexico. It was the Vietnam War and there was a lot of Vietnam protesting. They used to close the interstate right near the church we had gas canisters thrown on our lawn, being on the campus of the University of New Mexico. Uh, these were difficult, difficult days. And it all started back in 1969 with something called Woodstock. Any of you remember that? Any of you go to Woodstock? Three days long it lasted in 1969. Something new developed. Somebody called hippies. Flower children. Free love people. These were people who were burning their draft cards. These were people who were experimenting with drugs. Well, guess what? The hippies started coming to church. At least on Route 66, they did. And what were we going to do with the hippies who came to church? Because the new was demanding change. And the changes were presenting a problem to a lot of people in the church, just like they're doing now. Now, we could spend all morning here going through the problem changes that came about. I'll just take two of them. Here's the first one, the consumption of alcohol. Now, Prohibition ended in the United States in 1933, but by 1960. Alcohol was becoming a part of the culture. Now, I went to Bible school at night after I came to become a follower of Jesus Christ, and there was no alcohol permitted. You had to sign that you would not drink alcohol. I went to seminary in the early 60s, and I had to sign that I would not drink alcohol. No alcohol But it didn't take long before alcohol became very popular, even among Christians. It amazed me when we went to Budapest for our last assignment, which was in the 90s. The first question I was asked by the examining board of the church was, are you okay with people drinking wine? Why do you ask? Well, because we all drink wine. (laughs) And this is very popular now. We got lots of Christians who who drink Alcoholic beverages. I mean, as a matter of fact, I keep waiting for the next church potluck where we're going to have a couple of bottles there. How do you feel about that? Oh, we got some saying, no, no, no. Others saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a second problem that came to the church during this era. And this one was probably more important, and this may well have touched some of your lives. It was the whole issue of divorce. Between 1969 and 1980, there was a tremendous spike in the divorce rates in America. All of a sudden, there were a lot of divorced people. I grew up, I never heard of a person who had been divorced. I don't think we could say that today. Every single one of us has been touched by divorce in some way or another. Well, and many of these people who suffered the the difficulties and the struggles of divorce ended up in the church and the church wasn't sure what to do with them. And the church just aggravated the problem by saying, well, you know, we don't think maybe you shouldn't maybe teach Sunday school. Well, no. Well, maybe you shouldn't be on the board of the church. We didn't know what to do with the new that came and the changes that came to the church. The church had to deal with them. So remember this. New and change always hang out together. And we're facing right now diversity and equality. They are the new things knocking on the church door. So we might as well face the realities. What are we going to do with these These things are legal in the state in which we live. The LGBT movement, marijuana, the law of the land says this is legal. This is new to the church. This is demanding change. And what is that change going to be? And how do you decide where you should change and where you should not? And what about the things that may come down the pike that are not legal yet, like this one? What would you do if the government said you could only have one child and any other pregnancies would have to be ended by an abortion? And you say, well, that would never happen. Well, it happened in China. It's been happening in China. What if the government decides to reinstate the draft Only this time, we're not going to draft just men. We're going to draft men and women. What would you say to that new? How would you change to that? And you'd say, nobody would ever do that, but Israel does it. They draft both men and women. So by now, your head should be spinning, and that's good. So now you should have in your folder... Uh, in your bulletin, a little outline that talks about some of these changes. I want to take a look at the Bible and see what Jesus has to say about something new. And then I want you to see how Paul tried to explain that. And hopefully we'll get through this and we'll have some sense of how we deal with the new and change. Okay, so let's take a look at what Jesus had to say. And the first thing he had to say is simply that there was a new commandment. It's in John chapter 13, verse 34. Here it is. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another, and by this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Now, that's a nice thing, isn't it? As a matter of fact, last Sunday, in the parade magazine of the Spokane paper We had a similar statement made. This is what this person said. I believe that kindness is the cure to violence and hatred around the world. Lady Gaga. (laughs) That's nice, isn't it? Jesus said you're supposed to love each other. Well, I look around the world. I don't see very many people loving each other. Do you? How in the world are people supposed to love each other? Because apparently they were struggling with this. Jesus said, I want to give you a new commandment. A new commandment. Didn't we have this commandment once before? We did. But this is a new commandment. And all of this goes back to, you know this, back to Luke chapter 22, verse 20, to something called a new covenant. This is what Jesus did when he was taking the last supper with his disciples. Luke 22 20. Likewise the cup after they had eaten saying this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Jesus said I got a new commandment for you. Love one another. How are we going to do that? He said well we got a new arrangement. A new covenant between you and God. Here's the new arrangement. My blood. My blood changes all things when it comes into your life. And this is a reference back to Jeremiah 31, 31. You know this old hat. Let me read Jeremiah 31. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. For this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, declares the Lord, I will put my law within them. And I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Do we understand that? Jesus said, I got something new for you, my disciples. The new thing is that you should love one another. How are we going to love one another? Don't worry about it. I have made the arrangements. It's a new covenant with God. It's the new covenant that was promised. Not a bunch of laws to keep on the outside, not tables written in stone, but on the inside. Something's going to happen on the inside of those who follow me said Jesus. And that thing that happens on the inside is going to help you love one another. Wow. Paul explains what that new is. Now I don't know if we've always grasped this. Listen to what Paul said. He said, "You get a new self." Ephesians 4:24. "Put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness." You're kidding. I get to be a new person? That's what Paul said. This new covenant in Jesus Christ, you you have a new self. You're different now. Paul said you're a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. A New creation sounds like the new self. How about this one? A new way now. Romans 7 6 and now we are released from the law having died to that which held us captive and we serve a new way of the spirit and not in the old way of the written code. Isn't this all about the same thing? Jesus said we need to love one another. And I'm going to make the arrangements so that you can love one another. You're going to be new people. A new creation. There's a new way to live. It's my spirit, said Jesus, living in you. It's all new and it will change you. And maybe that presence of that spirit in me is the very thing that helps me to understand how I react to the new and the change, those winds that blow. But whether that's all this about Or not, one thing this does, it speaks very loudly to how we respond to the people who bring the new to us. There are people who bring what's new to us. How do we respond to them? Okay, so uh, let's have a little lesson from Jesus on trees. You ready for this? Luke 6, 43. No good tree bears, bear, bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit, for each tree is known by its own fruit. Did you get that? If You got a good tree, bears good fruit. You got a bad tree, doesn't give you any good fruit. I'll give you a picture here. This is uh, my grapevine. I have a marvelous grapevine at my house. That's it. Just one. It produces the greatest champagne grapes that ever grew. Now, periodically, you can get one that's not quite ripe, but a little sour. But we get quarts and quarts and quarts of champagne grapes every year off this grapevine. It's a good grapevine, and it makes good grapes. That's what Jesus said. You get a good grapevine, you get good grapes. Now, this is another tree I have in my yard. This is my crab apple tree. It's beautiful. And it has an abundance of crab apples. I've asked people, what do you do with crab apples? And some of them said, well, you eat them. Can't eat these crab apples. This crab apple tree has never produced a good fruit. It's never produced anything that anybody would ever want to eat, except the birds who eat it in the spring after the Burries on there fertile, get get uh, kind of, you know, mushy and gooey. And I don't know, maybe the robins that eat them get a little titsy. I think get a little funny when they eat those berries. I don't know, but I don't do that. OK, does this all make sense to you? If you've got a good tree, it gives you good fruit. If you've got a bad tree, it doesn't give you good fruit. This introduces something to us called the fruit of the spirit. Just like the good tree produces good fruit and the bad tree doesn't produce any good fruit, so too we have what is called the fruit of the Spirit. The Spirit is what I am, a new creation in me. The Spirit is the new way for me to live. The Spirit is the new arrangement, the new covenant that Jesus says is in my blood. We come to Jesus Christ. We become good trees that bear fruit, the fruit of the Spirit of God. Now the interesting thing is here: this fruit actually is measured and visible. I uh, go in every year to uh, to get my physical, and this has been very annoying to me because every year they measure me, and every year I get shorter. <laughs> really bugs me. I even tell them, don't measure me. No, we got to measure you. No, I don't want to be measured. No, we've got to measure you. You're two inches shorter than you used to be. No good. Well, the fruit of the Spirit is measured too. And I'm going to read the measurement to you. Pretty harsh words. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. By contrast, this is the fruit of the flesh. This is the fruit of the of a bad tree. This is the fruit that comes without Jesus Christ. Galatians 5:19. Now the works or the fruit of the flesh, that's us human. They're evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of angers, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, envy. Drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you as I warned those before you that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Maybe I should read those ones in dark again. You want to hear these again? Enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions. Hmm. Here's the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit, what grows on the trees that belong to Jesus Christ and are new creations, this is the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. People are going to bring the new to us. They're doing it now. How are you going to decide whether you want to change or not to the new that's brought? Well, God's equipped us with a spirit, a spirit that gives us some wisdom in him. But God has also equipped us how to respond to the person who brings us the new and even asks us to change. This is how I respond love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. If I have had any problem with church, it's that people haven't responded that way. As a matter of fact, you know what we just went through with an election? And the Christian community? You have people in your family who don't talk to you anymore because you didn't vote the right way? Or at least they don't want to talk to you. Who are we? Who are these people who are the new creations? Who are these people who are called by the living Savior to love one another? Not just each other in the body, everybody. Who are these people who are to live the fruit of the Spirit. I got to tell you this. The new is coming to your church. If not your church, it's coming to your kids' church or your grandchildren's church. The new is coming, and people will bring it, and you will be asked to change. The good news is the Spirit of God indwells those who follow Jesus Christ and are willing to let the Spirit take hold of their life and make us the new creation and the new way to live that we really are. We're a different people, a new people. And we are the most essential part of God's kingdom right now. If we can live the fruit of the Spirit, we may have a chance to proclaim the message that Jesus is Lord. And if we don't live the fruit of the Spirit, I'm not sure we have anything to say. And the world is crying out for someone to tell us how to love. That's for 2017. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we're just a bunch of humans and we make a mess of our life day in and day out. I want to thank you that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin, not just once, continuously. I want to thank you, Father, that you are so gracious to us and so forgiving to us, so encouraging to us and a challenge to us to live the life you designed us to live. Father, give us wisdom that comes from your spirit so we know how to deal with the change that is being pushed through the new. And more than that, may the fruit of the spirit be clearly displayed to anyone who would even bring the new to us. May we be the people that you've designed us to be. What a joy to walk through these few short years you give us as new creations with a new way to live in the Spirit of God. In your Son's name, amen. Amen. Please stand with us.